Thanks for listening to Open Doors Live with your hosts, Mike Gore and James Cazina. Because of your support, we're able to bring the persecuted church to life. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au. Here's today's episode. Hello, it's James Kazina here and welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast. This is another one of our in-between episodes where we can give you a bit of a look behind the scenes. Today, I'll be sharing some of my story and what has led me to be involved at Open Doors. Well, for me, it all started many years ago. Uh, I actually grew up on a bay island off the coast of Brisbane in Australia. Not many people even know this island exists. And... uh, We had this beautiful home that led right out onto a white sandy beach. We used to have dolphins that would come in and swim out the front of our home, but it was one of the most isolated parts of Australia, and a little-known fact was actually for uh, many years the lowest socioeconomic suburb of Australia. So on one side you've got this incredible beauty, but on the other side a 45-minute boat trip for the police. So there was a lot of crime, but that's where I found myself growing up. And uh, somewhere in that journey, my parents thought it would be a great idea to send me to an awesome Christian school in Brisbane. What this meant was a daily 45-minute boat trip and then an hour bus trip to get to school. And so we would leave early in the morning and arrive very late at night. But because of that, it meant I had an early encounter with the things of God. And my family certainly uh, had a display of Christianity. You know, we would often attend church and we always valued church as a family. So in that time, uh, I was involved in worship teams. I remember my parents put me through uh, music training as a young child. And so I always played the piano, classical piano lessons as a young kid. But that meant I got involved in the local church in our worship teams. And I remember... Uh, From about the age of 13, I was responsible for running a youth worship team and 17 years old, I was asked to take the big step and run our church worship team, which was unheard of at the time, to be honest. Around that time, I had also succumbed to the pressures of performing at school and through a number of difficulties in my home life, that really was my primary coping mechanism, this kind of external performance addiction and so somewhere in my journey I dropped a lot of my music subjects at school and did a straight maths science load and extension English just to get what is called a high OP score in Queensland that's what guarantees your entrance into university. I actually graduated high school ducks of the college and managed to land this incredible scholarship in medical engineering. I don't know what I was thinking at the time, but it seemed like a good idea when everyone else was saying to be successful, you need to either be a doctor or a lawyer. So I thought, we'll give this a go. And uh, here I am plunged headlong into this full scholarship in engineering. I lasted about a year and a half in that degree before I realized I was so far from the call of God on my life and I was so desperately unhappy. I remember the day I spoke to the dean of the college and I said, look, I'm going to have to withdraw from this scholarship. This is just causing me so much anxiety and and stress. And, uh, And they were quite disappointed, to be honest, but it was probably one of the healthier decisions I'd made at the time. A few weeks later, one of my best friend's parents committed suicide and uh, it meant that I was able to be present for the family in a way that I certainly would not have been able to emotionally had I not uh, made that decision a few weeks earlier. With all of this going on in my personal life, I really needed some wisdom and some encouragement, so I made a time with my local pastor 
and we sat down and he kind of asked me, you know, I think it was probably the first person in many years who had honestly asked me, what is the call of God on your life? And uh, I remember I couldn't quite answer him. I didn't have a clear direction. Uh, I ended up taking a few months off where I just couldn't think about anything. It was a really dark time in my life. But during that period, he ended up saying to me, why don't you consider going back and studying music again? I remember thinking, well, this man means well, but he clearly doesn't understand how university works because by now I had no senior music subjects at school as a prerequisite for these courses. Anyway, I ended up scrambling some application together and getting it into the conservatorium, and to my complete surprise, I made it uh, ahead of 830 other students into 17 applicants of the local conservatorium. And that ultimately led me down this path that I never would have chosen for myself. You see, I think in me running from the call of God, I was really running from what I knew was full-time ministry. About two years into this degree in record production, I was offered a job as a full-time worship pastor. And so my wife and I, uh, we moved to the Gold Coast and that's where we set up camp for nearly 11 years. Across that time, we carried many, many positions. And so we really had a very comfortable life there on the Gold Coast. And I think by 11 years time, we had become the kind of people that were never intending or expecting to move on. But now in hindsight, I could see the way that God was preparing me for my time here at Open Doors. One example of that is that we were running a worship event and it began to get some international exposure. And we had uh, a group from the Philippines that reached out to us and said, we'd love you to host this event in our nation in the Philippines. And I remember thinking, you know, that's great. We really want to champion that cause and we trust you. You guys are the experts in your nation. So you should choose where this event should be. We'll just come along and cheer you on and be a part of that. And it wasn't till about four weeks before we were expected to travel that I realized where this event was being held. And they had chosen it would be in Mindanao, which is the southernmost province of the Philippines. Now that seems fine until you decide to visit Smart Traveller and you realise that this is a do not travel zone. You see, it's an area that's a known hotspot for Islamic extremists. In fact, earlier this year, uh, ISIS broke out in the streets and it's estimated that up to 300,000 people were displaced. I didn't know this at all at the time. Next minute I find myself worship leading in Mindanao with 22 secret service agents and some of the biggest guns I've ever seen on stage with me while I sing. And I often joke to people now that that's one time that you want to keep your eyes open during worship. A few months later, we were organizing our Australian event and we were thinking as a team, you know, we really need to have a missions focus to this. It was a worship event, so we could see there was that kind of vertical honoring of God, but we wanted something deeper to encourage people to connect with their communities and beyond in the world. And my pastor had heard of Open Doors. I, to be honest, hadn't too much before that point. And a good friend of mine had recently traveled to Iraq with the CEO of Open Doors. Uh, he sent me a message and said, you really need to meet this man. I think it will profoundly affect you. So I cleared my schedule and I organized to have a coffee with Mike Gore. Mike began to tell me these stories, one after another, of Christians who were suffering for their faith in Jesus. But more than that, they had a hope that I certainly couldn't identify with, given my, at times, one-dimensional understanding of the church. And I remember just sitting there, one story after another, 
gradually feeling completely shell-shocked. I actually walked away from that meeting and said to both my pastor and my wife, I have a strange feeling that conversation is going to tip our lives upside down. At the time, I thought that meant, given my recent experience leading worship in Mindanao, that maybe I would be running events in Iraq. Anyways, one thing led to another, and I saw a job opening at Open Doors. Something stirred in my heart, I met with my pastor, and here I am now, 18 months later, in one of the most exciting roles I've ever had. One of the things I love about my role here at Open Doors is that I get to take pastors and leaders firsthand to the field to experience what Christians are going through in some of these places where they suffer most for the gospel. My first trip was to Vietnam. And I remember we were gathered in a room, a small room, and met two believers who had suffered extremely for their faith. One man, we'll call him Tim, had traveled nearly nine hours by motorbike to be with us. And you see, he became a believer quite profoundly. And as many of us do when we're first saved, go out and tell everyone the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He led many people to the Lord in the first few weeks he was a believer. And that's when the problems really began for him. The government became aware of his conversion and brought the literal propaganda machine into town. They set up plasma screen TVs and a small PA system and gathered all of the villagers together in a town hall meeting. And they began to play videos and images of immense poverty, malnourished babies and children with their clothes falling off in Africa. And they would say, if you allow this man to convert your village to Christianity, this is what will become of you. They went on to do this every night for seven nights until the villagers were completely enraged and the government knew they had done their work and left town. From here, the real problems began. The villagers would let their cattle loose through Tim's rice crops, the only means of food for his small family. They had just enough grain to raise one pig at a time. And in our culture where we can just drop down to the shops and buy some food, that doesn't seem like a big deal but this animal was equivalent to six months of their salary. You see, Tim's intention was to go to the markets and sell this animal so that his kids can have a future in the country. They had a small plantation of trees that were to be used for a basic paper mill. The villagers came through and cut the tops off all of these trees. Tim's house was at the bottom of a ravine, and so the villagers would find the largest boulders they could find and hurl them down this hill. There was a reported incident of a time that a rock fell through his roof and narrowly missed his sleeping child. A few months later, I found myself worshipping at Hillsong Conference, tens of thousands of believers around me in relative freedom and absolute blessing. And I received an email from one of my colleagues. It was an update from Vietnam, a video showing grown men being detained while their tiny village home was being deconstructed in front of them by a group of villagers angry about Christianity being present in their village. This kind of comparison happens often in our world. Daily, we see extreme suffering of believers and the absolute blessings and freedoms that we have here in Australia. And to be honest, I find that comparison compelling and challenging and I find it something that I wrestle with daily and it's our prayer here at Open Doors that you would also embrace that wrestle 
Let's not brush this aside. Let's confront this head on and see what we can do to be our part of the global body of Christ. At Open Doors, we believe that caring for the persecuted church should be a part of the DNA of every believer. And if you want to be a part of this journey, I'd encourage you to come to our website, opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz if you're listening from New Zealand, and find out the next step for you. It's certainly changed my life, and it's our prayer that it would change your life. We want to make sure this message reaches as many people as possible. So go find us on iTunes or SoundCloud and rate, review and share this podcast. Thanks for listening to this in between episode by Open Doors Live. Because of your support, we're able to bring the persecuted church to life. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au.